Um, I, we could also mention how Dan Campbell is like actually a pretty good coach, seemingly. About like hyping up the players about the fight. Well, like obviously, like encouraging your players to fight isn't the best, but like other than that, he still seems like a, a good coach, you know. Yeah. And Lions haven't had a good coach in a while, so we could talk about that. All right. So you guys want me to start off the intro? Yeah. Yeah, sure. What's up, guys? It's Ashton here, and I'm with Garen. Hello. And I'm with guest, Connor. What's up, guys? Special guest today, new to the podcast. So, uh... Yeah, Aiden wasn't here, so... And Connor, he wanted to do it, so I said, why not? Yeah, we gotta get him in the mix, you know, because he knows his stuff. At least we hope. He better know his stuff. (laughs) Alright, so uh, let's talk about the Lions uh, training camp fight. How do you guys feel about that? I think it, uh, obviously, you know, fighting in training camp is never really a good thing. But the fact that, uh, you know, it got resolved and it actually kind of motivated the team a little bit more. I think they really made the best out of the situation, which I, I really like to see. I think Dan Campbell was a big part of that because he's kind of... Uh, like a, he's like a positive role model in that Lions organization, especially after all the failure they've had. So I think it really helps him out that he is being uh, motivational about the whole situation. Yeah, I personally, I personally agree. I feel like this kind of make a, the best out of the worst, you know? Like, yeah. Fights are going to happen. People. There's always an ego in the training camp. You can't really stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that that coach Dan Campbell, he, he's something else. Yeah, he's just he's, coach. I'm he's just bringing the energy back to like the training camp, like getting the boys hyped for the season. Exactly. Yeah, he's really he seems invested in football. He's definitely a football guy, even though he's a pretty old school kind of coach. You know, um, just the energy he brings, how positive he is about everything. You know. It's it's just inspiring, honestly. Like it makes me want to play for the Lions, even though they're bad. Yeah, that, that's facts. Definitely, like the Lions. I feel like they're not gonna be good this year at all. But they I think some... I, he, he's gonna definitely improve the rookies and like just the output or the like the the viewpoint of the Lions organization. Like I think the rookies will be a little bit happier to play for him and stuff like that. I think in turn the team will play better. Maybe not a whole lot, but just enough, you know. Like uh, I think Jeff Okuda especially might improve, new to the because of the new head coach hiring. You know, he could allow him to get in the zone more and you know give him better situations where he can react and play better overall. Yeah, definitely. So, like Jeff Okuda, he was great at Ohio State, and I'm just excited to see what he has to bring this year. I think he really has a better shot with Dan Campbell at head coach and, you know, make a couple of big plays and at least solidify himself as a, a a good starter. He doesn't need to be a superstar or anything like that, but just worth the value of the draft pick and everything. I think he definitely has a chance to, to do that this year. Yeah, I definitely think Okuda is going to live up to being like a pretty good draft pick for the Lions. Especially with the, you know, I mean, like, they haven't really added much help to that secondary. But oh, no, being, not at all. Yeah, being, 
you know, the lone corner on the team really that has some hype. I think it's going to give him a chance to really showcase what he can do. And, you know, when the spotlight's on you, that's when you can do your best. So, you know, I think he's really going to make a couple big plays that just gets the world watching and at least gets him an extension or a new contract so he doesn't fall out right away. I don't think he's going to be a day one starter on any team, but, you know, if he works for a spot and does what he's supposed to, I think he can definitely be good. In my opinion, I do think he's probably going to start for the Lions, at least for, like, week one. And then it's going from there. I don't know. I I agree that he's going to start, but I think he's definitely going to have to battle for that spot, considering oh, yeah. how, poorly, how poorly he played last year. You know, but I think he's definitely going to make it out on the right side of that battle. Yeah, he has a lot of potential at that position. And also yeah. being on the Lions, there's not too much of, like, big crazy competition because after they lost uh Darius Slay there hasn't been yeah. too many good corners in the Lions franchise I can't that's name really, anyone in their secondary exactly that's who he is meant to replace honestly is Darius Slay but I don't think he's been that good you know comparative to Darius Slay but I think he can yeah. be one and he has the potential so I just feel like he didn't get his moment to shine really I feel like if he actually got the opportunity last season, I think he would have just shown because, like, the spotlight really wasn't on him because, yeah. I don't know, I just feel like he didn't get his opportunity. Like, DeAndre Swift, like, he got his opportunity for the Lions. I just feel like he didn't get it yet, and I feel like he will get it this season. And who knows, he might be a Pro Bowl corner down, down the line. But I think also, uh, step up as, like, he needs to step up as, like, a leader and, like, lead the secondary and, like, help out more. Because, like, Darius Slay was, like, a big part of the – or, not Darius Slay. Hey, I'll be uh, back. I'm going to go grab some water. Was a big part of the offense. And he, like, he led the offense through, like, the tough running of last season. So. I think, um, you know, I don't really expect too, too much out of Jeff Okuda this year, but solidifies the starting role and really proves himself to the organization that's all you can really ask for i mean yeah no one's saying he's a superstar day one jalen ramsey type corner but i think he definitely has the physical gifts and the mental talent to get there one day so really yeah, like just- i'm not except- i'm not like expecting like a seven interception season with like a bunch of pass breakup yeah like- I think one day he could kind of be like a Denzel Ward type of like shutdown corner where he's not exactly like a stat patter, but he still yeah. gets the job done, you know? He just eliminates the receiver from the game. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially in that division, you know, Lions are in, you have a couple of good receivers like Devontae Adams and, you know, uh, Allen Robinson and then, you know, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, of course, that you really have to, you know. I'm back. Oh, what's up? You really have to, like, get a good lockdown corner to stop, you know, especially Justin Jefferson and, and like, Allen Robinson and stuff. You're, you just need a good corner to really stop them. There's no other way around it. So the Lions definitely need to find their guy in the secondary to, you know, improve. But I just – I like the way Dan Campbell approaches the whole Lions situation because, you know, he really makes a lot of positive or negative things turn into positives. And – he just seems like he's embracing the whole situation, even though they don't have the greatest roster or anything like that. So I like what he's doing. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. I like what he's doing with the franchise. And, like, mm-hmm. being from Ohio, I typically don't like Michigan teams. But, like, this year I'm actually going to root for the Lions and, like, watch a couple of the games. Yeah, definitely, you know, the ones that that count towards, you know, them and not us because, you know, being a Browns fan, obviously, you know, if they're playing a AFC team, you know, I kind of want to see them win. So, yeah. you know, if I'm going to watch the games that affect – us as the Browns organization a lot more than, you know, the inner division games that they're going to play. But I still like the, the Lions organization. I feel like being a Browns fan, they have a lot of similarities between each other. So, you know, <laughs> there's always, oh. yeah, there's always uh, someone to root for, even if your team is not exactly doing it hot. So, yeah. I feel like the only time people even watch Lions games is during Thanksgiving because, like, they're always on on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, them and the Cowboys. Yeah. Speaking of the Cowboys, how do you guys think they're going to do this year? Uh, pretty good. Honestly, I think it really depends on CeeDee Lamb and, you know, how their receivers. I, and I think Zeke. If Zeke doesn't, like, live they're up big to three. Them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think Dak affects their receivers all, but they really need someone to step up into that true wide receiver one hole because I feel like it's ever since they got Amari Cooper, he hasn't just he hasn't been the same, you know, as he was on the Raiders. So I don't think they really have a, a, a star guy that they can throw to when they're in need of a clutch first down or anything like that. So I think, you know, CeeDee Lamb or even maybe Michael Gallup really needs to step into that role as the number one receiver for the team, you know. Yeah, they have two solid, like, receivers, but neither of them have stepped up to be that, like, lead dude that is always they there. They don't have the leaders, really. Yeah. I, I, I think when Dak went down last year with the injury, you know, the whole team just got demoralized, and there wasn't really anybody to step up and, you know, really put the team in a better situation at all, which is, like, I don't, I don't like to see that in an organization. It's really not a great look. But they do have three guy, three wide receivers that can be number one wide receivers on almost any other team. Oh yeah, for sure. Like Ceedee Lamb, number one mm-hmm. wide receiver. Mari Cooper was a number one wide receiver. Michael Gallup's just insane. Like they they have a bunch of good guys, but none of them really fit the the wide receiver one role with the leadership and the you know clutchness. I feel like. They really need someone to step up and, and take, you know, accountability for when the team is doing bad and just, you know, say, hey, guys, let's make it work through the end of the stretch, you know, and let's finish off strong because they didn't really have that last year. Yeah, that's true, but their defense their defense wasn't good either. Yeah, I, I think that's also a main reason why they were losing some of those earlier games is, uh, you know, like they started off pretty hot offensively, obviously, with Dak being a statistical demon, but they really, like, their defense was just selling them in the games that they should have been winning because, you know, if you expect an offense to be able to drop, you know, 60 points just so they can win a game and outscore their opponent, you're really asking too much, I feel like, because if your defense can at least slow down the other team a little bit, it's you're not going to win no matter what. You know, it's really just last year – when Dak was healthy, it was just shootout after shootout with the other teams they were playing. So, especially with the Browns, yeah, the Browns. I I, I would also say the Seahawks game 
Yeah. I feel like uh, just the high scoring and like, you know, there was really no defense to be seen in that Seahawks game at all. You know, with the Browns game, it, it wasn't bad with the defense, especially in the first half. Um, the Browns really maintained a solid lead and kind of held the Cowboys offense down. But uh, I think in the, in, in the second half, it turned into much more of a shootout with the Cowboys coming back and everything like that. So, you know, that game was a good example of what their defense did to them as a team. The Cowboys line, like, it was destroyed. Like, yeah, all their they guys lost. were out. All their big guys, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, mm-hmm. Lyle Collins, didn't play at all. They really lost a lot of key players. So it just kind of messed up, especially – Ezekiel Elliott, too. I mean, he, he had some fumble concerns, too, in that year. So I don't think it was all the offensive line's fault. But just losing those guys really just hurt them so much as a team. You know, like, when you don't have a great passing game because you lost Dak, and you don't have a great running game because you lost Zeke, and or not Zeke, but, like, the players on the offensive line, um, it just really gets hard to have any offense at all. And when their defense was already as shaky as it was, it's just, you know, it was really a bad situation as a whole. Yeah, it was their first season without, uh, what's his name, Byron Jones? Yeah, and Byron Jones. Leighton Vanderish didn't play like how you usually play. Same with Daniel Smith. He was, I think he was injured for a little bit. Their whole defense was just different, you know. I think yeah. a part of that was them losing Jason Garrett, even though. You know, I don't think he's super, uh, like, in particular, I don't think he's a defensive-minded coach by any means. But I think he probably had some behind-the-scenes work that he did with the defense to help him out. And Mike McCarthy stepped in and really just didn't have any of the, the like, the magic that uh, um, Jason Garrett did. And so I think, you know, losing him as a coach kind of hurt their organization as a whole. But I think they're ready for a bounce-back year. Yeah, Jason Garrett was definitely not a defensive-minded coach because, you know, he's an offensive coordinator now. So yeah. If that tells you anything. But he's also an offensive coordinator for, like, the worst offense. Yeah. The Giants, uh, the, Gi- the Giants are bad. Like, let's talk about Giants. the Giants. Daniel Jones worst. is terrible. He Evan turns Ingram. it over all the time. back Yeah. Their whole team, I mean – they definitely have some new pass catchers. So, you know. Kadarius Tooney or Tony, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, I mean, he's going to help him out a lot. Galladay. Kenny Galladay is going to be the main one for me. I think he's really going to be a wide receiver one, you know. Um, I don't know. There's nothing much else to say about the Giants receiving core. Evan Ingram has is a he, hands issue. But he's still a pro bowl, pro bowler somehow. Yeah, I mean, like, he can definitely be good, but I don't think he's really going to, like, I I don't think he's ever going to be, like, a top five tight end in the league. Like, if he fixes his hands, he's he's going to be a solid starter for them, but I don't think he's ever going to really step into that, like, the spotlight as a number one tight end. Yeah. He's so, never going to, like, be like a Travis Kelsey in the league. He'll just be, like, a solid yeah. starter you would like to have on your team, but you know there's, like, better options. Yeah. I mean... I feel like he could be top five if he fixes his hand issue. But they don't target him that much either with Daniel Jones not being, 
you know, the best quarterback and with the way they turn the ball over, I feel like he doesn't get enough targets. So even if he catches most of his passes, he's, especially now with them adding Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney to the receiving core, he's really not going to get any targets at all. So, I mean, you know, metaphorically, obviously he's going to get some, but, you know. Yeah. What about the uh, what about the Redskins or sorry the Washington football team? How do you think they're gonna do? I think is going to do pretty okay. Like I think they're either gonna win the division or get second. It just depends on how the Cowboys play. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, I think it's gonna affect like it really is based on Antonio Gibson I think and his rushing ability because if he's not able to step up and be the lead back for their team you know I, I don't think they have the greatest offensive line but their offensive line's not bad um and you know I think with Fitzpatrick at quarterback their passing game is going to be better but still not great so I think it's really going to come down to Antonio Gibson and his rushing ability to see if he can kind of carry the the franchise because their defense is going to be good no matter what this year, I feel like. It just depends if their offense can finish. Yeah, I feel like Terry McLaurin, he's going to go off. And Curtis Samuel, you know, he just, he got there, you know, that brings another weapon. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he brings that veteran leadership. And Taylor Heineke, you know, I feel like he's a fan favorite, but he's also not a terrible quarterback. Yeah, and their D line, they have the best D line in the league. Their secondary is not bad. At they added William Jackson, they have Kendall Fuller, I think. Yeah, they do. They do. And yeah, they just have a good team all around. Basically, I, I think they're their, definitely going to win the division. Their holes was basically quarterback and like O line. I mean, yeah, but Brandon Sheriff at right guard for their O-line is really kind of going to anchor it down because he's a all-pro caliber player, you know. So I think I think their offensive line is not going to be bad. They don't have many holes, you know. Their holes are kind of more like leaks, right, because their team as a whole is at least mediocre. Like they have a couple of star spots, like their receiving core and it's pretty good. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick's a good running back duo. And, you know, obviously their D-line is going to be dominant. But really their their main issues are kind of minor. And just as, as a whole, I think they're probably going to be a 10-11 win team. You know, not a whole, like, like dominant top two seed team. Yeah. But definitely a playoff contender. Especially in the team. NFC. I think they're winning the division. The yeah. big question is, is how far do they go in the playoffs? Uh, I really don't see them going that far. Yeah, I think they lose a wild card. I don't think they're making it through the first or second round of the playoffs because, I mean, obviously if they become a higher seed and don't have to play a great team in the playoffs, they'll probably do better. But, you know, when you're if you're an 11-10 win team, you're probably going to be uh, like 7 or 6 seed, you know, which means you're going to have to play one of the top top teams – which basically is it going to be a loss for them? I don't see them beating, you know, like the Buccaneers or anything in the, Seahawks. the playoffs. So, yeah. I mean, I 
if I had to guess, I'd say the Buccaneers are going to probably win the NFC and be a one seed, but the Packers could also take that spot. So I think this is the Packers like year to make big because like this is their last year with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they have all the tools to be a Super Bowl winning team. They just need to figure out a way to put it all together. It's last really year, a winner-go-home year for them. Yeah, because last year they did good. They just couldn't, like, pull it Finished. together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think, look at the Packers, like, what is the weak spot on that Packers team? You know, like, Jair Alexander and Adrian Amos on defense is a good secondary. You know, I think Kevin King or whatever is definitely a weak spot in their secondary because he kept allowing touchdowns in the playoffs and kind of just joking. But, you know, like, really, their team as a whole doesn't really have many issues. Definitely not, like, a big issue. Yeah. Like, I like think... Like, you just uh, have to learn how to not get beat. Just... Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that easy, but... Yeah, but... You know, you know I, I see what you're saying. I think maybe tight end could use a little improvement. I think, uh, you know, Robert well, Tunyon last Tunyon. year... He only gets targets in the red zone. Yeah, like he wasn't – they weren't able to pass to the tight end outside of the red zone, which I feel yeah, like was a main not good at. He's not good at anything. Yeah, except, you know, bullying linebackers. He's a red zone threat, and that's it. Yeah. So I think their tight end's kind of an issue, and their second and third receivers also a question mark because Marquis Fowler – Lazard and Marquis Fowler isn't bad. They're they're not bad, but I feel like they haven't actually. Wait, become... wait, wait! They just got Randall Cobb. I okay. Randall Cobb is going to help improve their receiving core, but I don't think by that much. He's definitely a vet, and Aaron Rodgers trusts him, but I don't think he's going to be able to get open deep. So that's also going to be an issue. Yeah, well, he wasn't see... terrible last year. And... I could see him becoming like a wide receiver three behind Lazard. No, he's better yeah. than Lazard. No, uh, I, I, feel like, I agree with Garen. I think Lazard's going to be the wide receiver, too, because Lazard's got the speed to actually go deep, and when you're you know, a slot receiver or a wide receiver, too, that's playing next to Devontae Adams, who gets most of the short passing and everything out of the way quickly, like you don't really need much besides like a, a deep threat all-around wide receiver. So, you know... Uh, it, I think Lazard's going to definitely take the spot as the second string, and Randall Cobb might get the third spot. I don't see Cobb being a second string receiver, though. Now, here's another question. How far are the Browns going to go in the playoffs? Super Bowl. <laughs> no, not being biased here. Legitimate question. How far do you think they can make it? AFC Championship. I, I see I him making it late in the playoffs. I don't know if they I can... S- I don't I know say, if they can beat the Chiefs, but I don't know. Last year when we played the Chiefs in the playoffs, it was really kind of a question mark if we were actually close or not because, you know, I Patrick Holmes went out early, and that's when we started to come back. So I don't know if we're going to be able to beat them, and definitely not the Bills. Or if they, The Bills are going to be like a power team in the AFC this year. I don't know about that. I 100% think they will. 
like they didn't like what improvements did they really make? None, to be honest. But I just feel every, like they're gonna do every other better. team improved. The Browns got like they renewed their whole defense, defense which they defense needed to do. Line, safeties, corners. I'm just saying. I just think. Uh, but where was the Bills' real like hole in their like team, anyways? Running back. That's like the only improvement they can. Number really two make. wide receiver. Who is their number two? Cole Beasley. Yeah, he's getting old. He's staying. I forgot how old that dude is. He's like thirty-five. He's like 31, 32. Basically a dinosaur at this point in the NFL. Ah, uh, yes. You think Tom Brady's going to retire after this year? Uh, mm, no. I think it just depends. If they go deep in the playoffs again, I think he'll stay. But if they, like, somehow don't make the playoffs or, like, they lose, like, first round of the playoffs or, like, their first game in the playoffs, I think he'll retire. Honestly, probably. I think I think he's going to go out with the championship, though. Jesus. How many rings would he have if he won again? Eight. That is ridiculous. Dude, I can't even imagine having one, let alone eight. Yeah. How many Super Bowls did he play in? Like eleven, then? Probably. No, he's Dude has ten. He's playing ten. So if he goes this year again, it'd be eleven. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It's not even like a like a, it's like a regular game to him at this point. Exactly, he has a better chance. I think he's like he has a higher percentage of making the Super Bowl than not making the playoffs at all. Exactly. He's over 500 in Super Bowls. Like, that's ridiculous. He's, like, over, like, 70%. Yeah, the man's only... The only people that beat him in the playoffs was, like, Eli Manning. And Nick Foles. Twice. And, uh... Nick Foles. Philadelphia. That's it. Those were his only losses. Yeah. Philly special and the helmet catch. Yeah. I mean... It's just, it's undeniable that he's the go. Like, there's the top yeah. rating. Like, Michael well, Jordan, you can is. kind of argue that LeBron. Who? Wayne Gretzky for hockey. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky is like. He's okay. God. All right. Because didn't for Wayne the, Gretzky the... average a, uh, like, average, like, three goals a game? Yeah, something like that. Like, then he averaged a good trip for his entire career. I don't know. Yeah. I think for the, the major three sports, or, I mean, probably major four, I would count hockey as, like, the fifth or sixth major, most major sport. That's, like, four. Because they're like I, don't, I, I, feel, I think soccer, probably. Football. I would say, like, football, not baseball, basketball, soccer. Not in the U.S.? Soccer is not, not the that US. big. Soccer is number one in the world. Yeah. I think, like, if we're talking about the whole world of sports, like, hockey is probably fifth. And, you know, I I think counting, like, the top four sports, like soccer, baseball, Baseball. basketball, and football, I think there's no one, no one has, no one's as good as Tom Brady. 
like if you I mean hockey yeah Wayne Gretzky but in the other four sports no one's as good as Tom Brady Michael Jordan you can argue LeBron I don't even know who the best baseball player of all time is but probably Mike Trout Mike Trout Nah, because Mike Trout doesn't have like a bunch of championships. Yeah, he plays on a trashy team. Yeah. yeah, I don't really watch enough baseball to comment on that because yeah, I'm not I, a baseball I'm, guy. I know baseball, but I don't know enough about it to make like a because it's such a deep history of baseball in around yeah, like the 1800s. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like there's so many like legends we could go through, like you know, like freaking Babe Ruth. Baby Bonds, if you didn't take steroids. Who do you think yeah. the best? Who do you think the best baseball player in the NFL right now is? Like, what do you mean I by mean, that? like you have guys who play cross sports. I mean, Tom Brady. Well, probably, come on, probably, I mean, because he was a top ten pick in baseball. I I mean, like, or Tom Brady. I think got drafted in like the seventh round of baseball or something no, like that. Like the forties draft. Patrick Mahomes yeah. drafted in the first round. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think but, guys uh, like like we're talking all Kyler time Murray. here. So like all time, you know, Kyler Murray, number one pick in NFL Dion. and baseball. Not in baseball, he's like the fifth pick in baseball. Uh, Dion, number one. He legit won a World Series and a Super Bowl. Yeah, Dion Sanders did both. Bo Jackson. Bo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady was drafted late in the baseball, so that doesn't really matter because he didn't play. John Elway. Um, yeah, I didn't know John Elway did all. Yeah, he did. He he actually uh, when he got drafted by the Colts, he actually uh, he played he in spring baseball. training. Yeah, he didn't he say baseball training. was going to be like his main sport? So the Colts cut him, and then he signed with the Broncos or something. Well, he got traded to the Broncos. Oh dang! I didn't know that. Um. Uh. Also, uh, you have like Tim Tebow, if you really want to say him. He's been more yeah. of like an all-time baseball player. Like he's played baseball more than he's played football. How do you think Tim Tebow is going to do at tight end this year? Terrible. Do you think he's bad? I don't think he's going to get a start. Dude, My projections I... for his stats. I'm projecting him to get like 11 catches for 100 yards and zero touchdowns. Like they're going to pass it to him late in the game when they're up like 10 points, maybe. That's it. You may play him just for like for the fans freak out and stuff. Yeah. I mean if it's a game they're already losing or something, or if it's a game they're already winning, where it doesn't really matter if they put him in, then I think that's gonna be it. it. But I don't really cool see him doing much. <clears throat> Alright, so last topic of the day. Uh, Does anybody do you have any main topics you want to talk about or can I say one? Uh, you could say one, but uh, can I bring up Todd Bowles got re-signed for, for the defensive coordinator for three more years? Contract for, extended? For who? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I, I don't really see that as a major, major thing because, I mean, they re-signed all their starters. So if they're going to fire or, like, not re-sign their head coach or head defensive coordinator, you know. Yeah. I really yeah. Yeah, like, what's the point in re-signing all your defensive guys if you're not going to re-sign the defensive coordinator, you know? Like, he really made the scheme for that defense to work out as well as it did. I think um, for the last topic that day, though, we're going to talk defense here. Who, who do you think is going to be the better defense in 2021? 
right, I'm going to give you three candidates. The Cleveland Browns, the San Francisco 49ers, or the Baltimore Ravens? See, for me, I'm going well, with the 49 It's going to be the Broncos, but you know Adam. So. Okay. Keep quiet, man. We all know you're a Broncos fan, right? Yeah. Out of the, the best second day, we can all agree. I think, we, yeah, I, I didn't add the Broncos because I feel like, in my personal opinion, they're at least top two with the Bucks. But yeah. see, with the the Browns, it's like it's too early to really call because we don't know who Johnson's going to do. We I don't think know on the stat do. sheet. I think on the stat sheet, the Browns are the best, better of the three defenses. Yeah, but the I Browns don't think, get a bunch of turnovers. Yeah, I mean, considering the defensive line, I'd say they have the best defensive line out of the two or three. You oh, know, Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, uh, Olivier Vern, and, um, like, Sheldon I think it's a solid D tackle. No, he got no, uh, cut. The Vikings. Wait, team. Olivier Vernon ain't on the team no more. Nah, he's no, not he on is. It's no, all he Larry Ogunjobi's still. I thought Olivier Vernon was still on the team. No. Oh, he got cut. Where'd he go? Um, no. I think he's currently still. Hmm. I mean, got, still, I think on the stat sheet, like we have, we also have like Tack McKinley and stuff who hasn't really proven himself in the NFL yet, but yeah, could be good. I think on the stat sheet, our defensive lines probably like first or second. Like I could see like Nick Bosa and like I don't even know who their other D lineman is because they lost to Forrest Buckner to the free agency in the Colts last year. No, like, so, like or yeah, I mean. Uh, like, I don't really know who's got the best D-line. Probably the Ravens or the Niners. Just because the Browns haven't proven. Like, Jadevian Clowney hasn't proven himself, and we lost Vernon. But, like, I think our secondary is probably better than the Niners. They lost Richard Sherman, and he was... Yeah. I mean, they have uh, Jarquiski Tart. But, like, they they really don't have any star players in the secondary. They have... Uh, um. I'm the middle linebacker. I'm going the Browns. I really think the Browns are gonna. Yeah, They're Fred Warner. Because I forgot about uh, uh, what's his Troy name? Hill, John Johnson. Yeah. No, Troy Hill. That's who I forget about. Yeah, I mean the Browns really added depth at corner with Troy Hill and Greg Newsom, and then we also signed you know John Johnson the third. We already have. He's like, gonna be dog in the at the safety position. Mm-hmm. We also got Anthony Walker, who was really he was he had a hundred tackles for the Colts last year, and he was their defensive play caller too. So you know he really adds a lot to the team. What does that mean to be like the defensive play caller on the defense? Basically, you make all the adjustments, and I think in hurry up offense and stuff like that, you set up the defense. Basically, so when the coach, yeah, when the coach can't really get to the defense in time or like make a call. Like, you don't have time to stare at the sideline and watch the hand signals or whatever from the coach. Oh, yeah. So does he also have a, a, like, radio receiver in his head like quarterbacks do? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I doubt it because he's a linebacker, so he's getting hit a lot and stuff. I feel like he, it's just they go over and film and give him a game plan. And, you know, like, it, they probably tell him before the game, like, if you see this <laughs> look, let's switch to this defense and stuff like that. I feel like he has a pretty set job, but – 
Um, I don't know. I think our defense secondary is really going to carry us. As, we have a lot like, to prove this year. Yeah. I mean, out of the three teams, though, I think the Browns have the most upside and the most downside as well. So if the Browns didn't do well, I would have to say the Ravens would be the better defense, but it really comes down to if the Browns perform. Because if the Browns' defense plays good, we're going to be, like, unstoppable this year. Yeah, I mean, we already have, you know, three – we have, you know, two superstar receivers plus Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashard Higgins who are, you know – Solid threes. Good good role players and three, you know, slot receivers and stuff like that. I mean, same with uh, – uh, who is it? Our, our, Najoku is going to be a good, like – Tight end two when we run like two tight end sets. Yeah, I think we have the best <laughs> tight end. We have the best tight end trio, I think, in the NFL. Yeah, you know? and then also I mean, solid tight end to have. Yeah, I mean, plus the fact we have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as a running back duo. Like we have, we have a good wide receiver trio. The a best tight line. end. Tri- the best. We have the best O line. A good wide receiver trio. The best tight end trio and the best running back duo. It really just comes down to Baker Mayfield and the defense. Like Which I think Baker Mayfield's going to have like a similar year to last year, and if not, even better than last year. Yeah, because last year he started off really slow. Like, he did not yeah. start off well last year. This year, I think we're going to start off good and really just keep the train moving throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to wrap it up, Ashton? Yeah, I kind of have a headache, so uh-huh. that's why I wasn't talking as much. Next time I'll talk a little bit more, but I just got a headache. Yeah. All right. All right. Peace. Yeah.